Father, I thank you for this family here, this community of faith. And God, I thank you for the opportunity to come to speak what you've laid on my heart. Holy Spirit, I just ask right now that you just consume this place and lead and guide and direct and that all things that happen are as you need them to happen. And Father, we thank you for it in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to get right into my message, the bridge, by starting with this. There is a well-known truth that we will make all the time in the world for what we put a priority on. I'm going to say it again. We'll make all the time in the world for what we'll put a priority on. It is amazing how all of a sudden that full schedule that you have and all the excuses that you've made that you don't have time, when it's the one thing that you put a priority on, all of a sudden your schedule frees up. It is amazing that all the fatigue you felt 10 minutes ago, the moment you get to the thing that you would put a priority on, you are energized. And people will find you and say, I thought you were tired. Well, I had a second breath. I had a second wind. No, it's because you had something that you placed a high priority on. And we'll make all the time in the world for what we put a priority on. Over 22 years ago, I had an encounter with God through the Holy Spirit that caused me to cross a bridge that led me into a 17-day water fast that led me to an absolute radical change in my prayer life. Let me share with you the first encounter. I'm at a track meet of one of our teenagers in the church. I'm, on the in, I'm in the infield with one of the fathers. Actually, there was a couple of the boys that were there, and I was with one of the fathers there in the infield. And I had forgotten to bring a cap, and so it began to rain, and I was wearing my glasses that day. And if you've been at a track meet when it starts raining and you're standing out in the grass, the humidity and the rain, it gets to the point where you can't see out your glasses. So you take them off, and I just decided I'd be blind for a while because I can't see anything without my glasses. And as soon as it quit raining, I began to clean my glasses, and I made a comment with about... 10 people standing around me, and I said this as I'm cleaning my glasses. I said, I surely will be excited. Man, it'll be a glorious day when God heals my eyes. Without hesitation, a man standing to this side of me handed me a clipboard. I'm still trying to figure out where he got the clipboard. He handed me a clipboard with a piece of paper on it, handed me a pen, and he said, write down the 10 things that you're believing God for. I didn't even hesitate. Man, I... I just wrote those things out, man, just as fast as I could go. I knew what they were. And I handed it back to him. He glanced down at it. He turned to me with piercing eyes. And he said these words. He said, God will never heal your eyes. Man, my mind was stirring with all of my biblical knowledge and expertise in Scripture. And I was going to give him a piece of my mind until he said these words. He said, it's not even on your top 10 list. And in a nanosecond, the Holy Spirit said, 
Corey, how often do you even pray for those things on your top ten list? Busted. The second encounter happened in my garage. In the garage, in the house that we used to live in, I had two storage bins, four feet by eight feet. And I cleared one of those out and made it my prayer closet. I wish I had that garage again. And as I stepped into that prayer closet one night at 11 o'clock, the Holy Spirit confronted me about a promise that I had given up on in prayer. And then the Holy Spirit would ask me six questions. Six questions along with the clipboard encounter would cause me to make a life-changing decision. A decision that would carry me across to the other side of this bridge and my journey would end on new ground New ground that would change the rhythm and routine of my prayer life. Here were the six questions. The Holy Spirit asked me, he said, Corey, is there any limit to the power of your God? And before I could answer, he asked the second question. He didn't even give me a chance. He said, Corey, how big is your God? Again, he didn't give me a chance to answer. The third question was, Corey, what do you really believe? And again, before I could answer the fourth question, he said, what are the answers to the questions? I went, finally. And I was about to say something when he spoke again. And he said, Corey, are you ready to do what's necessary? Now I'm just silent. I'm not even thinking about trying to answer any questions. Just, I just knelt down, and then he asked the sixth question. Corey, are you ready to see the promise become a reality? Are you ready for the promise to become a reality? I entered into 17-day water fast and God took me completely to the other side of this bridge onto new ground and radically changed my my regular rhythm and routine of my prayer life. I went from praying what I call regular prayers, and I'll define that in just a moment, to prayer saturation, saturating prayers. Now, let me give you my definition of regular prayers. It's well documented that I'm going to encourage you throughout the year that you need to have a God appointment. And so I have my God appointment, my regular rhythm and routine. I still have it. 
but it's changed greatly since then. And in this regular rhythm and routine, I had my scripture memorization. That's a lost art in the church. I had my Bible study time, and I had my journaling. And then I had my just reading through the Bible every year time. And then I had my prayer time. Now, let me tell you what, how I define regular prayers for me. I had my list. On Monday, I had these things that I prayed for. On Tuesday, I had another list of things that I prayed for. On Wednesday, I had other things. Maybe I would get next Monday, I might pray for what I prayed for on Monday. But then again, I might not. On Monday, I might pray for something else. Maybe I don't get back to what happened on Monday for another three or four Mondays. And I'm not against list praying because I do it. But God was taking me somewhere. And I moved from that way of doing my prayer time and the rhythm and routine of my prayer time to saturating one or two or three things in prayer. Saturated prayer. In November of last year, God spoke to me that North Elevation Church, where we pastor, was not to go into a 21-day fast, but we were to spend 40 days saturating one, two, maybe three things in prayer, but at least one thing, not a half a dozen, not 20 things, not 15 things, one or two things, maybe three, for 40 days we were to saturate those things in prayer. The testimonies that are coming out of that 40 days are still ongoing. And they are amazing testimonies. I took one thing in that 40 days, and it was the finances of our church. Now stay with me. I began to saturate that in prayer because last year we took a big hit. I stand here tonight to tell you this coming out of that 40 days. Not only did we recover back to where we were, but above. And one of our other counts didn't recover back to where we were and above, it doubled. Because there was a concentration of saturating something in prayer. Now, I'm going to define that deeper. So stay with me. I don't know where you find yourself tonight. But I am confident and I know this to be true. You are one decision away tonight to watch your dream begin to unfold. To see a miracle manifest and to watch God keep a promise. One decision. One decision. I'm going to take you on my journey Once I got to the other side of the bridge, I went on a journey. As God began to show me, for me, his definition of saturating things in prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly. Let's read that again. Be unceasing in prayer, praying perseveringly 
Let's define those two key words. Unceasing, defined as not stopping, continuous, never-ending. Not stopping, continuous, never-ending. Now, we're going to drill down into that a little deeper, and I'm going to give you a clearer look at that in just a moment. So stay with me now. I promise you, I'm not taking away from anything that Pastor Jeff's been teaching you. I just want to stir you up and encourage you. Maybe there's something you need to saturate between now and Sunday morning. The word perseveringly defined is to persist in or remain constant in the face of obstacles or discouragement. Every testimony that we have received out of this 40 days of saturation, every testimony, every person had to face obstacles and realms of discouragement while they were in that 40 days. The Bible tells us here that we are to pray unceasingly, pray perseveringly. We have got to stop letting the first little discouragement or the first obstacle rob us from our dreams. Rob us of our miracles. Rob us of the promise. Every testimony, they had to walk through obstacles and discouragement. But they stayed with it for 40 days. They saturated it in prayer. And now they are reaping the harvest blessing. We have got to stay with it. Another way that I could say this is that we need to pray without ceasing, which means continuously or with frequent reoccurrence throughout the day. See, it's good to have an appointment with God, and I had the appointment with God, but after I got finished with my appointment with God, I was done. Man, I had my appointment with God, I did my Bible reading, I memorized scripture, I journaled, I prayed for an hour, but God was telling me, Corey, do you want the promise to become a reality? You need to saturate that promise in prayer. You have got to pray regularly throughout the day and not just when you make your appointment with me. You got to saturate it in prayer. We're talking about prayer that repeats frequently throughout the day. That's saturation. You know what my definition of saturation is? We all know what Webster's tells us. Here's my definition. When I look out in my front yard and it's been raining for several days, too much. Too much. Question is, have we prayed over anything too much? To it's just saturated. I've learned one thing. When I do saturate things in prayer, things change. And change quickly. Saturation. Acts 2, 42 says, and they steadfastly, I love this passage. I'm taking you on my journey. These are the scriptures on this journey. 
Acts 2.42 says, And they steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly. They steadfastly persevered. And the scripture says, devoting themselves constantly. Constantly. To what? All that follows that portion of scripture. They steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the instruction and fellowship of the apostles. They steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to the breaking of bread, including the Lord's Supper. They steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly to what? Prayers. They were doing more than just having an appointment with God every day. They were steadfastly persevering through the obstacles, through the discouragement, devoting themselves to prayer. And the books of Acts, the book of Acts and all the chapters in Acts, one chapter after another reveals to us the miraculous, the incredible manifestations of the power of God. Because the disciples were steadfast. They persevered and they devoted themselves constantly to prayer. I have something I pinned I want to say tonight. Listen, as Christians, prayer is as essential as breathing. As a Christian, you must put a supreme importance on prayer. There is a long-standing truth. We'll make all the time in the world for what we place a priority on. And saturating prayer must become a priority. Do we want to see things change? When there's a prayer meeting called, that's a moment of saturation. You ought to be here. Luke 18, we have a very familiar story. Been preached from every direction you can think of. Most people preach it when they're talking about persistence and consistency. But the Lord led me to this passage of Scripture and I saw it a little bit differently for the first time. As God wanted to land me on my feet... And caused me to understand that it was time to start saturating some things in prayer. And pray for them until it happens. And that meant every day throughout the day until it happened. We find here the widow. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, and he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. 
I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant request. All of a sudden, this passage of Scripture became my picture of saturation. She saturated his presence with her request. And God asked this question through the Holy Spirit that night. He said, when was the last time you brought something to me and you saturated it? And I couldn't answer the question. I could say, well, I've prayed about this for almost 10 years and it hadn't happened yet. But I was praying for it maybe on Monday and then maybe next Thursday and maybe not till next month. And, and, And I found myself doing this that, you know, my defense was I've been praying about it for 30 years. I got some stuff I've been praying about for 33 years. But if I want to get honest with myself, how much of that have I been saturating in prayer? You say, well, God won't answer that. No, he will. But it gets to how hungry are we for things to change now? Right now. It's a picture of saturation. I like to say it this way. It's knocking until my knuckles are raw. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Keep on asking and it will be given you. Keep on seeking and you will find. I'm going to pause here in this keep on knocking reverently. God addressed me that night when I got to that verse. And he asked a question. Have you been presenting things to me with reverently? You've been knocking, you've been, you've been banging at the door, but have you been doing it with reverence? And I realized I had not. The question becomes, are we knocking on the door, but what we're really doing is we're railing against God because he won't give me what I think I deserve. Am I angry with God because I'm going through stuff? Am I mad at God? God asked me one time, he said, are you offended at me because of where I've placed you and what I've got you doing right now? Are we knocking on that door with the reverence of the reality that God sent his only son to come and die for me so I would even have the freedom and the liberty to knock on the door? Are we doing it with reverence? Are we angry and mad and demanding? Because we think we're owed something. How are we knocking on the door? When I move into a season of prayer saturation, I'm spending most of my time knocking with this. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, as I'm knocking. I thank you, Jesus, for what you did. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that my wife didn't shoot me because I deserved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And God, I'm asking you again, and I'm going to keep asking, and I'm going to keep asking, and I'm going to keep knocking. 
because you're a good God. You're an awesome God. You're a wonderful God. You've brought me through everything. You always bring me through. How are we knocking on the door? Always. Let's finish that verse, verse 7. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who keeps on asking receives and he who keeps on seeking finds it. To him who keeps on knocking, the door will be open. We must, we must be persistent, determined. Let me use this word. We need to be stubborn and tireless in our prayers. As Jesus taught. He told the story explaining to the disciples what they needed to start doing. They needed to start saturating some things in prayer. Prayer saturation. We used to call it praying through. But if you sit down and you, you talk to people from times gone by and you talk to them about praying through, as I listen to them, here's what I hear. They saturated everything in prayer. And we're talking about saturation until you have the breakthrough. The question becomes, how desperate are we? Are we desperate enough to pray all night? I spent a lot of nights, even in this 40 days of prayer, I would get up, lay in bed, and just saturate the night. Seeking, knocking, asking for God to turn our finances around. Because we have missionaries, we have ministries in our city that are in need. And God, we're not going to cut off our missionaries. We're not going to cut off anybody. God, I, God, we need you to restore what was taken. Began to saturate that in prayer. We left the bank just the other day and we have double what we had in our checking account than we did when all this happened. And we thought we were doing good then. That's the God we serve because we saturated that one thing in prayer and God performed a miracle. We had suddenly, after suddenly, after suddenly. Who needs a suddenly? Are you ready to saturate the night in prayer if that's what it takes? Oh, but you don't understand, Pastor. I've got to get up and go to work tomorrow. I do understand. But I understand this also. The Scriptures tell me that my God, my good, good Father, will strengthen me. He'll get me through the day. And then he'll give me back sweet sleep and restore me and make it right.
God wants your dreams to start unfolding. God wants you to see the manifestation of the promise. God wants you to experience the miracle. Are we ready to saturate things in prayer? Let me rehearse for just a moment. The verse of scripture we just came out of. Continue asking is the first step. And I want to say this, never, ever, ever quit. Ever. You keep asking. The second point in that passage of scripture is continually seeking is the second step. Never, ever quit studying, reading, and seeking the scriptures while you're in prayer. You need to seek the scriptures out fully. You need to seek God through the word of God. And as you begin to saturate that season, that thing, by asking and seeking out the wisdom and the knowledge of the word of God, I have learned this very important lesson. God will define and redefine your prayer until you strike it and it begins to take place. And the third thing is continue knocking is the third step and never, ever, ever quit. We have got to have resolve in the face of obstacles and discouragement. Somebody in here needs to hear what I'm about to say. You need a new circle of friends. where you can stand in the midst of the obstacles that are trying to knock you down, where you can raise your head up and keep it up and not let the discouragement bow you over from the circle of influence around you. You need to get some new friends. And find some people who will help you saturate what you're believing God for. I went through a season of saturating Pastor Jeff in prayer. I didn't pray really about anything else for a, for a season of time. I just prayed for him. And I saturated it. And I sought the word of God. And I dug into the wisdom and knowledge of the scriptures. Looking for greater understanding and insight on how to pray effectively. And how to ask God in a manner that would see the fulfillment of what I was desiring to see for him. Are y'all following me? And God began to define and redefine that prayer as I continued to ask and continued to knock. And God answered that prayer greater than I would have thought. Who do you need to be saturating in prayer? Maybe it's you. 
What do you need to pull aside, put your list on hold for a little bit, and what do you need to focus on and begin to saturate in prayer? Remember, we will make all the time in the world for what we put a priority on. I want to end with this statement tonight. The scriptures are filled with examples of people who saturated everything in prayer. Never stop praying and claiming your promises. The key is that we should pray frequently. We should pray in the morning. We should pray in the afternoon. We should pray in the evening. We should pray all night if that is needed. The Bible says never stop praying. Unceasing prayer should be a way of life. Not an occasional occurrence prompted by trouble or a quick addition at the end of the day. You may be one decision away tonight from your dream being fulfilled. Having a long-standing promise become your reality. Or maybe a miracle performed that no one said you could ever see happen. I have learned that prayer saturation does more than bending God's ear. When I saturate things in prayer, it touches the heart of God. I said there was a decision that you may need to make tonight that will cause you to walk into your dream cause you to finally be able to stand on the rooftop and tell everybody God kept that promise or maybe you're going to shoot off an email and say hey dude you said this would never happen guess what the miracle just took place but maybe the decision you need to make right now is are you willing As God asked me, are you ready to do what's necessary? Are you ready to see the promise fulfilled? We all whine. Come on. We all whine. And I was whining when God spoke to me in November and said, I'm calling the church to 40 days of saturated prayer. I want you to teach them. And it was a series on how to saturate things in prayer. And you need to start saturating the finances of this church in prayer. You need to put everything else aside and you need to saturate this in prayer. Corey, are you willing to do what's necessary? Corey, are you ready to see it change? And so we went on 40 days, not a fasting, but praying, saturating one or two or three things. And the testimonies are still coming. And I'm excited about what God's going to do. 
Because part of my prayer has been that anything that we are in contact with catches some of the overflow, and that includes you. I have this one question to ask. Are you ready to do what's necessary? Are you ready to do what's necessary? Are you ready to see the dreams, the promises, and the miracles become a reality? And you're ready to do what's necessary. You need to stand up right now. Are you ready to do what's necessary? I'm married to a bulldog over here. She saturates things in prayer. She doesn't let go. She doesn't quit until she starts seeing things change. That's with our kids, with our grandkids, with our church, with our city. Every time I start whining, God says, she hasn't quit, why are you quitting? It's a decision. Now however you come before God, Whatever that humble state is for you, if that's raising your hands, if that's getting on your knees, if it's just standing there, I'm going to ask you right now to move into that place and tell God you're ready. Tell Him right now. Just between you and Him, tell Him you're ready to do what's necessary. You're ready to do what's necessary. You're ready to see it happen. You're going to do whatever must be done in prayer. Father, you see and you know. And God, I am believing that I'm going to hear testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony coming from this house, from this community of faith as they begin to saturate those things in prayer. That one thing or that, or those two things or maybe that, those three things. And they're going to focus and they're going to do what's necessary. And they're going to begin to move into that unceasing prayer. That they're going to be steadfast. And they're going to be devoted. They're going to persevere. They're not going to let obstacles or discouragement stop them from having their miracle. From having their dreams manifest in their lives. From having that 30-year-old promise become a reality. God, tonight, move in this place. Speak to each individual what it is they need to do. As you did me. In that storage bin that became a prayer closet. You sent me on a journey. 17 day fast, water fast that absolutely, radically changed my life. God, tonight, I want to thank you. For your love and your care of us. In Jesus' name. Amen.